Tech. We're there. Team, happy Wednesday. I hope this is recording. It's not telling me that it's recording, but let's just roll with it, shall we? Now then, this evening, can you believe, for those who are on the Adventure Readiness Challenge, we are 12 weeks deep already, halfway through, another 12 weeks to go. Um, I actually really enjoyed doing the Spotify wrapped thing um, the other day when it came to just reflecting, whoopsie, just reflecting on where we had come. Goodness me, I do not know what I'm doing with this computer at the moment. Oh, I, can't. <laughs> I can't actually go backwards. There we go. For goodness sake, there we go. I'm going to stop pressing anything now. Um, I really enjoyed doing it, just to look back on where everyone had come and some of the bits and pieces that you've you've got through. Um, and just to, yes, jump on the bit of a trend with um, Spotify Wrapped. But actually, it was really cool to see, you know, what people have done and some of the key challenges that we've gone through. Speaking of key challenges, you might have known when I was clicking around on buttons that I shouldn't have been doing earlier, that the theme of today is we're going to go through 12... See, now I want to click forward. It doesn't let me. There we go. 12 weeks. So therefore, 12 lessons for adventure readiness. And this is going to apply across the board. Whether you've done the adventure readiness challenge or not, it's going to apply across the board. Because this is essentially the state that I want to get everyone into at some point along their coaching journey with me. Whether you're with me for six months on bespoke one-to-one -one coaching, whether you've been with me for two and a half years, or whether you're with me so far for 12 weeks on the 24-week challenge. What we're going to do is we're going to dive into 12 of what I think are the key lessons, or certainly things that you've heard me say over the last 12 weeks, as key lessons for adventure readiness. This is what we're here for. We are here to be ready for the next adventure, whether we know what that is or whether we want to be ready for when that opportunity arises. Now, some of these are going to apply more heavily to some of you here rather than others. You will know who you are when it is that. And for everybody else, let's go with it. Dive into these challenges. Some are going to be challenging, some are going to be quite blunt on, some are going to be affirming things that you already know. All of the above makes me feel fantastic because this is exactly what this coaching journey is all about. So, should we jump into it? Let's go. Right. Number one, start state. Be objective with your start state. The number one lesson when it comes to improving your health and fitness. Sounds a bit boring to start off with, doesn't it? But... How guilty have certainly, I certainly have, but like of all of us here, who's been guilty of starting a journey like this, like a coaching challenge or, you know, like a body transformation or a new training program, wherever you've got it from, and then kind of slated yourself for where you're at, you know, oh, I'm super unfit or I'm, you know, I'm super overweight or I'm a bit fat here and da 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 da, -da and I'm, I'm not at the state that I was five years ago when I was competing in this, that and the other. We can be quite critical, maybe overcritical of our start states. At the end of the day, it doesn't actually matter what your start state is. What matters is the fact that you are indeed starting. Now, as airy-fairy as that sounds, roll with it here, because ultimately, as I've said before, the journey that you have taken to get you here, you've done everything that you needed to do to get you to the exact point that you're in right now. There's a really big sentence, if ever I've heard one. So be compassionate with yourself. Be objective with your start state. Understand what that start state is. Okay, my fitness is at X level. My nutrition is at Y level. My mindset is at Z level. I've got things I need to work on. But I've got these things going for me as well, these positive things. Be objective with your start state. And I, I want you to be objective with your start state, not just on the start of a X week or month long coaching challenge, but on your start state for the week. When your start state for the day, you've heard me say it before, 1% better. 1% better than you were yesterday. That's progress. 
1% better than you were last week. That's progress. Be objective with yourself. Be objective with what it is that you're feeling. Hmm. I'm starting to feel a little bit, I feel a little bit unfit. Why? Because I've been ill and I haven't trained for two weeks. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So what can I do that's going to make me feel better? Well, maybe I can go for a walk. You know, maybe I can take the dogs out. Uh, maybe I could do a few push-ups. You know, I can put the fire on in the living room and do a couple of bits and pieces. Yes, it'll be sweaty. Yes, it'll be unpleasant, but I can get it done. I'm objective. I'm not slating myself. I'm getting it done. And you're also, I guess, when it comes to being objective with your start state, it's not being, oh, goodness me, I can't think of the word now. You're not being super black and white with what you can or cannot do. Now, let me explain this because I don't think I've done a very good job there. I've, I've known a lot of people through my time of coaching and developing people and helping people. It's, it's an amazing job, but I've known a lot of people who have said, look, you know, I can't work without this. Or when someone doesn't tell me what to do, I just can't do anything. Or uh, without a training program, I can't do anything. Or if I don't get told what to eat, I'll just eat anything. And that's not being objective with your start state. Because the start state there is, hmm, I struggle without a training program. So what am I going to do about that? Well, I'm going to do some training of my own. I'm going to move because I want to. I'm going to be. I'm going to have some fun with these different movements, with these different exercises. Hmm. If I am not told what to eat, I go off the ropes. Well, that's interesting. Why do I go off the ropes? Because I have no self-control around food. Why do I have no self-control around food? Because I am stressed out of my Swede. And you know what? Food is my comfort of choice. Now we have an objective start state. Because when we compare those two sentences, I'm going to use this food example because it's a great one. You know, Ben, I just need to be told what to eat because if I don't get told what to eat, uh, I'm just going to eat anything. I'm going to empty the fridge into my face and that's going to be the end of that. Versus, I am super stressed out at the moment. I've got so many things going on at work. You know, maybe I've got a couple of things going on at home and I'm trying to build this and I'm trying to do this. And it's stressing me out. Every single day, I feel like I've got a knot in my stomach. I'm just, I'm not sleeping very well. And then I'm using food as a crutch. I'm using food as a response because it makes me feel comfortable. And therefore, if somebody opens a bag of, of lightly salted kettle chips, I'll decimate the entire bag. That is a more in objective start state. Because you're looking at it going, hmm, this is the issue. This is the problem. And this is the potential reason why. You are being objective with your start state. I feel like I've done that point now. Don't overthink it. I think it's ironic that this one follows the previous one, you know, because yes, you could be, you could be guilty of overthinking things when you're going through trying to be objective. But in addition, you know that if you want to get fit, you've got to do some form of fitness. It really doesn't matter what type of fitness you do at the beginning, as long as you start. It doesn't matter what you do. It really doesn't. If you're absolutely in love with burpees, not only are you a giant weirdo, but that's that's uh, an outlet of fitness that you can do that will improve your health and fitness because you are just doing something. When you go from a state of doing nothing to a state of doing something, you will find progress. If you're going through hell and high water right now and so many things are competing for your attention and your energy, if we think back to the analogy that I've used with potentially 90% of the people in this room right now, the analogy of the jar of energy that's full of tennis balls and golf balls and then frozen peas and sand and water and stuff like how much you can fit into that jar. 
if your jar is very, very full with sand and things that are taking up a lot of space and you don't have a lot of time for those bigger tennis balls, then don't overthink it. If one of the bigger things that are competing for your attention or one of the things that you feel like is most important to you, a tennis ball or a golf ball in this case, if one of those is health and fitness, don't overthink it. Keep it simple. If you're ill or if you're injured or if you're stressed at home or if you've got a million and one things going on at the moment or if you've got a business to run and you've got several thousand things competing for your attention or if you are on a week off and you are struggling without the structure of the previous plan because you've done all the mobility stuff and you've done everything else, don't ever think it. If you could do anything right now, anything physical, think about it in your own head right now. Think of an exercise. Go. Okay, so you're thinking of an exercise. Whatever that exercise is, do it. Simple, isn't it, really? That's the overarching principle of fitness. Not every training session has to be getting you towards the, the Olympic gold. You've got to be getting the crosses on the calendar. There are times where it is going to be less of a viable priority to you to put your fitness first because you've got a family, you've got jobs, you've got things that are going to compete for your attention. It's not to say that it doesn't need to be a high priority, but I'm going to tell you now there are going to be times where it is not the number one priority. Things will take its place. Tragedies happen. Stress happens. Business happens. So don't overthink it. A prime example of this right now is going through this same process. You know, I've got a lot of things going on in my mind. I've got a lot of things that are competing for my own attention at the moment. And as we're going through this journey, as I'm going through this journey, sorry, I'm not overthinking my training. It just, it's quite convenient for me to do some gym stuff. Whoops, sorry. It's quite convenient for me to do some gym stuff because A, I drive past the gym every day so I can go in there and get it done. It's cheap, it's effective, it's useful. You know, I can go for my partner, which is great. That means we can go and do something together, go and have a festive Starbucks latte uh, after. No, it's not topped with tons of cream and all that crap. It's just a, it's just a latte. And it means that I'm killing multiple birds with one stone. I'm not overthinking it. I'm just doing stuff. I like it. I'm I'm feeling the benefit of doing strength training. It's amazing. Other things are taking a back step, and that's cool. I'm not overthinking it. I'm keeping it enjoyable. Lesson number two. Lesson number three. Dialing in your nutrition is simple. That's a triggering sentence, isn't it? But it's not always easy to implement. Nutrition is and should be simple to understand. And it really bothers me that on social media, things are overcomplicated. You don't need a continuous glucose monitor like Zoe and uh, what's the other one called? Super Sapiens. There's a something Libra or whatever it's called. Ah, oh, goodness me, I can't remember what it's called. You don't need them. If you are not insulin resistant, if you are not a diabetic, type 1 diabetic, you don't need a continuous glucose monitor. So why are we bothering to overcomplicate it? Well, of course we're overcomplicating it. Why? Because it's going to prey on people who don't know what they're talking about, they don't know what they're thinking about, they don't know what to do when it comes to nutrition, and sell to them. Nutrition should indeed be simple. That's why I keep banging on about the six or seven super, 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 super simple things that every single person should be doing. Getting some decent sleep. Exercising. Eating vegetables and variety. Prioritizing protein. Not in every single meal, but making sure it's a priority. 
managing your stress, getting outside more. If you could nail all six of those things, you could add hydration, I guess, as a seventh. Adequate hydration. If you can nail those seven things, you are going to be in the healthiest shape of your life. Because, of course, it depends on the type of training. It depends on everything else, of course. But when it comes to nutrition and dialing it in, variety, protein, hydration, sleep and stress. Sleep and stress, not even nutrition related, but will directly influence how and what you eat. Scroll back a couple of points when we were looking at stress eating and your response to stress and stuff like that might be eating or bread or carbs or whatever. Nutrition's simple. Protein, fat, carbohydrates. Prioritizing your energy intake as a whole to ensure that the amount of fuel you're putting in the car is enough for the car. Ensuring that you are getting adequate fuel of the right type in the car. You are a car that can take diesel and petrol, carbs and fats. Making sure you get both of them in there. Habits around what you're eating. Stop treating yourself like landfill. Do you need to have those snacks, yes or no? Probably not. If you are feeling snacky, dial in your breakfast, your lunch and your dinner first. Ensure the portion sizing is adequate. Ensure the variety and the fiber is there. Ensure the hydration is there. Then manage the stress and sleep triggers. If you sleep like crap, you'll eat like crap. If your stress is all over the place, you will eat as a response to that. Dial your nutrition in. It is simple, but it's not always easy to implement. It's not always easy to implement because when you're in the thick of it, when you're in the thick of your stressful situations and everything else that you've got going on in your life, nothing seems easy. I know that. Goodness me, I'm not an idiot. And I've been through the same thing. Toast. Toast and cereal are my go-to things. If I know I'm going into a stressful situation, I do not buy crunchy nut cornflakes because I'll smash the box. But also, if I know that I'm thinking, mm, I could just eat some toast right now, I've got to change my environment, I've got to change my situation, I've got to do something because that will be my go-to my go-to response. And instead, I'll make like a poke bowl or something like that, you know, something obscenely healthy, but it's really, really, it's really, really tasty. It's something I enjoy to cook. You know, I'm changing my environment, I'm changing my state, I'm doing something about it, and I feel good for it after. Amazing. I'm not overly restricting. I'm not forcing myself to habits that are unrealistic. I'm keeping it simple, making it as easy for me to implement as possible. For those who have seen a video that I did, oh, I can't actually remember when I did it. It was on social media a bit ago. And it's certainly something I've spoken about in previous coaching calls. Like, like me, if you're like me and you're sat in your home office right now, well, I know that I've got to go downstairs into the kitchen to go to the fridge, right? Well, in order to get there, I've got to pass the back door. It can be soul-destroying in this office sometimes. It's a nice office. Granted, it's a great place to be, but it can be soul-destroying. I mean, you've got tons and tons of work to do. And I know that you probably feel the same about your offices at some point in the past or indeed in the future. And you can break that day up by going to the fridge and being like, I'll have a snack. I'll make a cup of tea, have a cup of biscuits, I'll have a snack, whatever. Change of environment. You're bored. You're, you're, you're mentally, you're done. And we'll go and do something else. Well... Instead of saying, no, I'm not going to have a break because I don't want to have, I don't want to have that snacking stimulus, you just break it up, break up that habit pattern. I've got to walk past the back door and my dog is probably going to greet me and be like, hello, and he's going to be the most enthusiastic animal in the world. So if I open the door, let him out for a pee and I go outside with him, whatever the weather, then I'm getting some fresh air, the opportunity to stretch off, the opportunity to breathe some deep fresh air in, watch the dog have a good time. And then come back in in a slightly different mindset. I've broken up that habit pattern 
of going blindly from desk to fridge to desk again. I'm going from desk to outside to do something new, to kind of freshen myself up, to come back in, to grab a cup of tea and go back upstairs with maybe a cup of tea and an apple, which is much better than a cup of tea and five pieces of toast. Simple, not always easy to implement, but that's why we're here. That's why you're in this journey. Whether you're on the coaching challenge or whether you're on one-to-one coaching with me, this is what we do. We make it as easy for you to implement as possible. Quite frankly, I want to talk to you as little as possible along this journey because that's evidence that we're making it easy for you to follow. Does that make sense? Dialing in your nutrition is simple, but not always easy to implement. Lesson number three. Lesson number four, gamify your challenges. Now, for those who have been going through all 12 of the previous challenges, that is exactly what that is. Making it a game. Making it fun. Because personal development doesn't need to be torture. Let's just make it fun. If you're thinking, right, I've got to have a break. Well, I've got to break my day up, for example. I'm going to have however many breaks you're going to have in the day, whatever. Or you're guilty of just driving your desk all day and then you don't leave. I've been in both of those seats. Like, I know what it feels like. So instead, let's see if we can gamify it. That's why the 10,000 steps is so good, or the 20 floors on your garment or whatever is so good, because it puts a game on it. It means you're doing something. Come on to festive challenges, we'll come on to at the end of this slide. You can, you can, you can gamify challenges to make them fun. That's why Strava challenges are so great. You know, the running challenges or like the doing something every day challenge or something like that. You, you're doing something. I'm doing something at the moment, Project 365. Granted, I am terrible at putting them on stories, but I am still doing them. Getting out and doing something every single day because I have to. Because I've committed to doing it for 365 days. It's a bloody long time. But it can be a dog walk or it could be a marathon and everything in between. And making the games like doing all the challenges that we've done over the last 12 weeks. Well, that just makes fitness a bit more interesting, a bit more fun. If you're sat at the desk all day, break up 500 push-ups into a day. Every single pass, every time you sing it pass, uh, every time I pass my office door, I've got to do five pull-ups. There are days I don't do that, but at least it's there, and I do it, and I get the I get the pull-ups done. Or you know, gamifying things in the sense of I am going to sign up. You can get like apps and programs and things that will log how far you've run and put it against like you know a journey to the moon or like from Lands End to John O'Groats and stuff like that, and it'll like track your progress. You can do some really cool ones for Christmas. I know there's one that's um, a lot of corporate offices and stuff do it for a bit of fun in December where they kind of sync everybody's Garmin's or Apple Watches or whatever's to this app and you run however much you want to run each day. Let's say you run 5k a day and collectively in your group of 10 people, let's say, um, you are collating how much distance all 10 of you have, have, have traveled over that set period of time. And that's how far Santa's sleigh has moved. You know, that sort of thing. You're just making a game of it. The more you can make it fun, the more you're going to actually follow through on it. Because health and fitness doesn't need to be torture. It can be fun. It needs to be enjoyable. You want to be enjoying it. Otherwise, you're wasting your time. So gamify your challenges. Number five, push your comfort zones in the everyday. Not sure why I put in the everyday, but push your comfort zones every day. Now, that can be like what some of us are doing here. Hannah, I know I'm going to pick on you now. You know, you're getting out and you're doing your daily dip through December, getting into cold water whether that's in a Scottish loch or whether that's in a cold shower, you're pushing your comfort zone. You're doing some cool stuff every single day. The thousand push-ups, that's probably pushed your uh, comfort zone by fitting in a thousand push-ups every single day. That's, I think Nikki worked it out at 143, wasn't it, a day, something like that. You know, that's pushing your comfort zone. Turning the TV off and sitting and reading a book for an hour, 
that can be pushing your comfort zone if you're not a big reader or if you'd rather just sit and binge Netflix. Getting out the weekends, doing something else that pushes your comfort zone, like getting out on your weekly adventures and stuff like that, pushes your comfort zone. Find something that will do it. For me, in the world according to Ben, the uh, getting out and doing a cold shower or a cold dip every morning is a really great way of doing this. And because when I go for my cold dips on the little pond on the hill that I've got behind me, I don't want to get in there. It's freezing. I don't want to do that. But I do it because I have to. I do it because I know I'll feel good after. I do it because I, I know that categorically when I do that, my day goes well. When I don't, I don't have the best day. I get a bit head foggy and like just a bit stuffy. Whereas when I do that, I feel fresh. I feel good. I'm ready, full of energy, ready to rock and roll. Same with a cold shower. If I can't jump in the pond, I'll finish on a cold shower. If I don't do either, I've got a wheelie bin full of water outside, which desperately needs washing out. Push your comfort zones every single day. And that literally just could be in the smallest way or in the biggest way. I'm pretty sure David Goggins, uh, he he voices it as do something that sucks every day because it'll just grow something. I quite like that. It's 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 very sort of blunt in its delivery but i like it i can appreciate that a lot uh oh why are we not changing slides sorry team sorry folks stand by there we go number six keep yourself accountable you don't need me to keep you accountable every single day of the week you don't you need to keep yourself accountable that's the key thing here Keeping yourself accountable is keeping the promise to yourself that you were going to do what you said you were going to do. Keeping yourself accountable is driving past the gym. Oh, I'm a bit tired. You know, I'm hungry because I missed breakfast this morning and oh, I could go and just get some dinner or I could go and get some breakfast. Oh, I might just go for a coffee. No, it's going to the gym and getting the job done. It's I don't really want to go out for the run because it's dark or it's raining or it's cold or it's snowing or it's icy. You get out and you get it done. Oh, I've had a big day and oh, get out and get it done. Like I said in my stories the other day, be bigger than your excuses. And I'm not saying that as some bullshitty alpha masculine statement. I'm just saying be bigger than your excuses. Because you will have, and I know this from my own experience, because I've had and still have a million and one excuses. We're normal human beings. We have these. What you got to do is just say no to them and be bigger than them oh, I'm just going to have these snacks because I think I've deserved it at the end of the week come on keep yourself accountable don't beast yourself but keep yourself accountable which will come on to one of the future rules in a minute crosses on the calendar apologies you can't really see that very well the picture didn't dull very well did it crosses on the calendar and that is the big ugly C word consistency turning up putting the crosses on the calendar like we were saying before when it was this self-accountability of driving past the gym maybe you um just don't feel like doing the workout or you're too tired or it's late or you haven't got enough time if you've got to go to the gym and do a workout go to the gym and do the first set of the workout because once you've done that you will finish a block even if it's just a quarter of the workout you will finish a block of it and then you can go home. If you're late because you've got stuff to do this evening and it was a busy day and da 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 da, fit something in and do something. 
you have to put the crosses on the calendar. You have to keep consistent with that. Because the minute you don't, and the minute you have, I've got a wall chart on my wall over here to my left. The minute there's a cross missing on that calendar, you will notice it and it will bother you. And it needs to bother you, quite frankly. It needs to bother you. Because that's you not keeping the promise that you made to yourself. Put the crosses on the calendar. Keep it going. You struggle without a training program? Move every single day. You struggle with lack of control around food? Have one very healthy meal per day, like a poke bowl or a salad or a soup or whatever. You name it. You, you insert that there. You struggle with the mindset or the positivity? Do one thing every single day. Keep those crosses on the calendar. Do you know what's a great example of crosses on the calendar? And I'd love to be able to put it into a future coaching app. Does anyone here use Duolingo? Well, I've started using Duolingo and it called me a legend yesterday. I was well happy um, because I'm trying to get much better at French, ready for some French, uh, France, French Alpine trips next year. And I can barely speak English, listen to me. And it gives you the daily streak. Now, my girlfriend is also doing Duolingo to learn Spanish. And we're going to have competitions as to which one is the best European language. Frankly, it might be neither. But she's on day 50 on her streak. And she actually has to go and do it, lay in a bed at night, finish the Duolingo. Because if she misses that, she misses the streak. And she's put that self-induced pressure on herself to get it done because that's going to see it through. It's the crosses on the calendar. It's a very clever system that really doesn't take much. But it keeps you accountable to yourself. You might whiz through the session, but at least you get the session done. Or you might have an evening where I had like last night and I did 10 sessions because I had a bit of time and I, I like learning stuff. So the crosses on the calendar could be massive or it could be small. This is cross. And you've still got your daily streak. It's a very good use of, of, of AI and a good use of tech in that respect. Adventure coach needs a Duolingo, doesn't it? Number eight. Don't stagnate your training. Progress. I'm going to pause here to read the comment. I did Latin on Duolingo. I didn't even know people still spoke Latin. Giles, that's amazing. Awesome. I like that. Quite addictive to learn Latin. That's awesome. Don't stagnate on your training. Progress. Now, for those who have been through the Adventure Readiness Challenge, you will have noticed there was differences in the blocks of training. There are elements where it was a bit more slow and specific and targeting time and attention all these different bits and pieces. There, the first bit was a bit more like, let's work the entire body, let's get the engine moving. The third phase is going to be slightly different again. That's not necessarily to, quote-unquote, confuse the body, but rather to build you, to progress your training. What really annoys me, there are a few things that annoy me, you might have guessed, is things like, you know, F45 training and um the the what's it called now the hard 75 everybody seems to be doing something 75 nowadays um and these different programs which is just like super high intense exercise every single day no matter what for a for an indefinite amount of time that isn't doing anything one of the best one of the biggest mindsets i would love to get every single human out of is that training sessions are not just designed to have you show up, get tired, and go home again. It's not about just getting tired and going home again. It's about that big, ugly P word, progression. If you just do something high intensity every single day because you think you're going to train every single day, I promise you, you will stagnate. 
You will plateau and you will go no further. I promise you. Because we need something called periodization. And periodization is essentially progression in our training. It's altering in sets and reps. It's altering in movement patterns. It's altering in intensity and frequency and volume in time and attention in all of these different things. To help make sure that you don't plateau and stagnate in your training to ensure that you're progressing. And what I hope that you've seen is an example of how that works. Because the beauty of the training program that you've all just done on the, on the Adventure Challenge is you could just repeat that for the next 48 weeks. No problem at all. Because the whole point of it is there's already built-in progression there. There's built-in time and attention. You're going to be putting a different level of, of frequency and intensity. Lowry, I'm going to just pick on that one. Like Lowry said there, I was definitely in stagnation mode before coaching with Ben. You're a prime example. Prime example, I'm, I'm, and I'm, 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 I really hope you don't mind me saying, you know. There's an example of somebody trying to do high-intensity stuff every single day. Larry and I have had some many, many conversations about not necessarily toning it down, but being more specific. And then we'll have messages like, the new strength phase is awesome. I love it. That's what we need. It's efficiency. Oh, you've just said that, more efficient. It's efficiency in our training. Training is a wonderful thing. And physical training is a journey that we should all start and we should never finish. Doesn't mean necessarily you've got to periodize your training for the next 80 years, but rather it's having those macro and micro cycles of progression just to ensure that you're doing something different. If you did a phase of total body, more circuit style stuff, then do another phase of slower, more deliberate strength work. Then do a phase of just running and put it all into progression. Then do a phase of plyometrics and power, that sort of thing. And if you haven't quite still, feel, if you don't feel like you've still got 100% grasp on that, give it time because we will. I'll get every single person to a point where you can program your own training because that's the whole point. So don't stagnate in your training. Keep progressing. Don't just, don't just put training down to either an excuse to burn calories or something to turn up and get tired and, and then go home again. Training is so much more than that. And we don't need to just oversimplify it down to that. You're just insulting the whole process of training and it's just not, you're not giving it justice. Lesson number nine, probably one of my most quoted things that I have said ever. 80%, not 100%. 80% perfection is awesome. 100% perfection doesn't happen. If you're aiming for 100, stop and accept that life will happen. And you've got to have a life. It's very important. You know, the odd chocolate bar, cookie, you know, fried chicken from KFC. I don't care. Whatever it is, that's the 20%. Going out for a Chinese on a Friday night, once in a blue moon as a date night or a Nando's or a whatever. That's the 20%. The 80% is you showing up and doing what you said you were going to do. Looking after your body, looking after your mind, looking after the way you eat, looking after the way you think, looking after the way you talk, looking after the people that you allow into your inner circle. You cannot be. It's not, it's not possible. Trust me, I've tried. I really have. I have tried to be 100%. When I was in the army and I was trained to join the special forces, I was trying to get to as close to 100% as possible. It doesn't happen because you lose, <laughs> you lose partners and girlfriends like I did. You lose friends like I did. 
You lose opportunities to have a life like I did. You become quite lonely like I did. You might become fantastic at a certain skill set or knowledge base like I did, but at the sacrifice of everything else. That 20% is super, super important. It's not 20% of negative impact on your training and development. It's 20% of you becoming a human being. Being 80% perfect in your own head with your own stuff is, is phenomenal. And then it's it's 20% then of being selflessness. Selfless. Self, selfish. Selflessness. 20% of selflessness. That's a really hard thing to say. 20% of selflessness. Being there for other people. Showing up because you have to. Because you're there. Because you want to. It might be that you want to sit and have a few late night Doritos on a Friday night because you've not seen your partner all week and you want to just chill and catch up on the week. It might be the odd beer at the weekend if you drink anything at all. Fantastic. Amazing. 20%. 80% you're disciplined, you're on it. Lesson number nine. Number 10. It is easier than you think to eat healthily. Going back to... Nutrition being simple, not always easy to implement, but simple. Let's not overcomplicate just generally eating healthy. You know what to do. You know that vegetables are healthy. You know that junk foods are probably unhealthy. You know that there's an allowance. Yeah, okay, for sure. If you want to, if you really, really want to, whatever. If as long as it brings positive mental attitude to your food. But it's easier than you think to eat healthily because you know what healthy food is. Vegetables, beans, legumes, lean proteins, fruit, all this sort of stuff. Eat them. I am fully in the camp of a healthy, plant-centric, omnivorous diet. That's not to say that plant-based or vegan diets are wrong at all. That is just my bias. And to be in that camp, it is plant-centric. Fruits and vegetables. If you're on, plant, if you're on a plant-based diet, that's plant-centric too. Carnivore diets, keto diets, they are not suitable for optimal human health. I'll debate anybody until the cows come home on that point for general population. Whether plant-based or not, plant-centric, adequate lean protein, exercise. You know what healthy eating is. You know what healthy eating isn't. It's not a case of justifying having all the muffins and the cookies and the McDonald's. It's a case of being like, okay, yeah, I, I, I fancy having it because like I was in Spain with Sarah and um, <laughs> apparently she has like a like a Spanish tradition of having a McDonald's because they do gluten-free McDonald's in in, um, in Spain. And I wasn't exactly going to be like, uh, no, I don't have McDonald's. I'll just sit here and eat a salad. I was like, well, all right. <laughs> and honestly, Honestly, now, and I, I, I bullshit you not. That was my first Big Mac in what has to be. I was trying to think. It, I haven't had a Big Mac since at least in the army, so at least six years. And I was like, geez. Not only did I come to the conclusion that I didn't miss it at all, but it was still, you know, a nice thing to do together. Again, harking back to the previous rule, that's part of the twenty percent. Why? Because the social environment was much more important. It's not because I'm eating a McDonald's because I'm bored on my way to work. It was just a really nice setting. It was a nice thing to do. It's easier than think to eat healthily because we were then eating tapas for the rest of the week and it was amazing. You know what healthy food is. What's the next point? Point number 10. I feel like I've hammered that one home. Have I, get, have I explained everything I want to explain there? I think I have. Number 11. I've already said it on this call already. Do what you said you were going to do. Hold yourself accountable. Just do it. 
I've got it on a poster on my wall over there. Do what you said you would do. If you said you were going to do it, do it. If you said, yes, Ben, I'm going to nail the training this week. All right, go and nail the training. Ah, oh, yes, I'm going to really get a grip of like the times I go to bed. All right, go do it. Yeah, I'm going to drink more water this, this week. I want to drink two, three liters of water per day every day. Okay, off you go. In seven days' time, did you do it? Uh, well, you know, no, no, no. Did you do it? Uh, yes or no? No. Why? Well, because this happened, and because this happened. Be bigger than your excuses. If you said you were going to do something, neurologically it is vitally important that you follow through on what you said you were going to do. Because you are planting the seed in your head. This is what I do. You are searching. There's a reason you planted that seed. Because, going to the next point really, the best version of me that I'm trying to become would do that thing. So I'm going to plant that seed for future Ben. And if I don't do that, that seed goes to waste. It's like planting a seed and never watering it. It's not going anywhere. Nothing's going to happen. And the problem with that is you have tried, by saying you're going to do something, by making that verbal contract with yourself, I am going to do this this week, you are searching for evidence that you are who you say you can be. You remember when I've said previously about um, a stack of undeniable proof that you are who you say you are, or as Alex Hormozzi says, or in my case, or in my, in, in my interpretation, is building a stack of undeniable proof that you are who you think you can be, because we're always looking to that future version of ourselves. By planting that seed and saying, I'm going to do that this week, you are searching for an affirmation, a confirmation of that fact. By not doing that, you are actively getting rid of that evidence. Do what you said you were going to do is not some Sergeant Major, just do it, macho, alpha, Andrew Tate statement. It's quite simply the fact that if you say you're going to do something, you are searching for proof and evidence over the next seven days or whatever the time period is that you said you're going to do it, that you are indeed who you think you can be. So don't just say you're going to do something. Don't, don't do it lightly. doesn't mean never do it. Don't say it lightly. If you're going to do something, go do it. Which leads me on to point number 12. Would the version of me that I'm trying to become do what I'm about to do? And I want to go back a slide. Do what you said you were going to do. Because when you are about to do something, I want you to ask yourself, and do this every time. If you're thinking, oh, is this sort of thing I should be doing? Oh, I don't know if I should be missing the gym or missing that run or not doing that thing. Stop yourself right there. Or having a snack or whatever it is. Stop yourself right there and say, would the version of me that I'm trying to become do what I'm about to do? We are all trying to become someone or something. We are all trying to develop. We are all trying to grow. We are all trying to progress in whatever sense of the word you want to take it in. So think about it. Think about that future version of you that you're trying to become. Those in the one-to-one -one coaching with me, that's one of the first exercises we do. I want to have a vision of that future version of you that you can see and that I can see so vividly and we go out and achieve that. So I want you to put yourself back in that person's shoes. 
Would that person eat this bag of crisps? No, he wouldn't. Come on. Would that person miss the gym? No. Would that person, you know, potentially put the family situation that's been a complete curveball to the rest of the day over the gym session? Well, yeah, maybe you would because actually there's something really important there. Like, for example, um, would the, you know, if there's been a family emergency and you've got to alter things, then yeah, obviously. On a slightly more lighter note, you know, if does the will the future version of me have this McDonald's here in Mallorca because you know it's a really nice thing to do with somebody? Well, yeah, of course, because I know that one one Big Mac isn't going to absolutely destroy all of my gains ever. That's not going to happen. But would the future version of me do what I'm trying to do? Uh, sorry, would the fu- future version of me that I'm trying to become do what I'm about to do? Yes or no? If the answer is no, don't do it, or question why you're about to do it. If the answer is yes, go do it. Do what you said you were going to do. And that, I think, wraps up 12 key lessons that I've tried to impart onto everybody over the last 12 weeks. Because in the Adventure Readiness Challenge, this is what we're doing. We're setting the foundation. If you're on this challenge, the first 12 weeks are foundational to set in stone habits and routines. The next bit's a bit more bespoke, which I hope is on the next slide. The next bit is where we start looking at the next 90 days, the next 12 weeks, the next three months. Next week, there'll be a calendar coming up on the future slide. Next week, I'll be jumping onto a call with every single person, everyone, individually, to ensure that you have everything you need. If you're on the Adventure Coaching Challenge for the next 90 days, if you're on one-to-one coaching with me for at least the next four weeks. Because I want to make sure you've got everything you need. I want to make sure that you have the service, the accountability, the structure, the coaching, the support that you feel that you need for the next 90 days. Everything's there. And we're going to make it more bespoke to you so that we're going to build upon all those foundations and all those fundamentals that you've learned over the last 12 weeks with every single person here. So I'll be reaching out individually. Make sure you're all... Um, keeping an eye on your DMs and bits and pieces because we're going to need to get those booked in. In addition, you will notice that if you're on the coaching challenge, your training plan will come to an end this week. There is assessments to be done this week, which will be on your training plan, so I hope you're getting those done. And we come to the end of the programmed and set training. The whole point of that is after we have our one-to-one calls, you will then have your own one-to-one bespoke training program to follow. But why not have some fun in between? It just so happens that Christmas lies between um, the next phase of coaching and right now. So we might as well delay the next phase until the 1st of January. It makes the most amount of sense. And let's have fun over Christmas, shall we? For those who are on one-to-one coaching, yes, absolutely, continue on your training program and get this stuff done. And I reckon you can all do this as well, just for bants. We're going to have 12 days of Christmas games. It's slightly different to the traditional 12 days of Christmas, because quite frankly, we're going to be starting next week. Um, there'll be a calendar on that coming up in a minute. Um, and it's just going to be something for 12 days. We're going to do something every single day. And it's going to be aligned to that day. So if it's the first day, it's going to be one um exercise or round or whatever i'm not going to give it away uh, and then two and then three all the way up to 12 you get the point all right so there's going to be some fitness and some bits and pieces for us to do after that we are going to have a mistletoe milestone which is going to be something we're all going to be working together as a group to do you are going to have you remember what i was saying about the whole sort of everyone runs and then you get like the distance of santa's sleigh and all that kind of thing we're going to do something similar to that it's not necessarily going to be running based 
it's it, it will have some form of cumulative mass I don't want to give too much away cumulative goal that we're all going to be working towards so the more people that get involved the more successful the entire group is and there's going to be a weekly for the next four weeks so until the new year there will be a weekly elf on a shelf style challenge now my imagination got a little bit interesting we went to some weird places when I was putting this together um, every week there is going to be a new style of challenge there might be times where it's going to take a little bit of a riddle to solve and each one will have a theme to an adventure and I invite you to go off and complete that style of adventure. Does that make sense? I hope I'm giving too much away. I don't think I have, uh, but yes, there'll be something fun. That will be coming in from Monday next week. And then we'll go through. It'll all come through on email and it'll go through to everybody. I will also put it into the community app um, so that we can keep going. Now, on to some logistics. Thank you all very much for sticking here. I know it's been 50 minutes. I appreciate that you're all still here. So thank you very much. On to the last bit for today. Now, you will know for those who are on the Adventure Coaching Challenge, there is a bit of a giveaway to be done and prizes to be drawn. That will be done on Friday. I will do a video of that and put it in the community group. Um look out for a post that I'll put out on that tomorrow in terms of timings around that. Now then, the signa, uh, the um, sign for calls, that is when we're going to be jumping onto calls with everybody and just making sure that everyone's got everything they need for the next 90 days or the next four weeks until the new year. That'll be Monday the 11th, Tuesday the 12th, and Thursday the 14th. I'll be jumping into calls with everybody in that time. You will have a call link to book in. Please book your time and we will go from there. For those who live locally to me, if you'd rather do this in person, then absolutely no problem at all. The crosses are where we will not be having coaching calls over the Christmas period. And that is simply because there is going to be some recorded videos that I want to put into the group um, over that sort of Christmas week. That's what these two kind of YouTube uh, looking signs are. But in addition to that, because I'm going to be chatting to you all individually next week anyway, you're going to, oops, you're going to have the benefit of a coaching call anyway next week and then after that we're on to christmas week after that we're on to the new year week and then after that it is indeed the new year i can't believe we've only got three weeks left in this year the trophy thing down here on the 29th that's friday the 29th that is going to be a little results day for the festive challenges so you'll have three full weeks to complete those from december the 11th to december the 29th then we'll have a quick couple of days break for the new year and we are back at it from Wednesday, the 3rd of January. That will be the first call back. We hit the ground running. We go. Okay. So I hope that all makes sense. I will put this very picture uh, in the group as well. Just that we're all completely au fait with what's going on. The reason we're not having that call on that 13th is just so I've got more time in the diary then to allow for extra calls and stuff. So Again, for those who want calls in the evenings or anything like that, if we're just 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 to ensure that I can definitely make all the timings work to get through everybody that week, it makes the most amount of sense. And you're going to be listening to me at some point on a call anyway, so you don't want to overdo that. Uh, on the week commencing the 18th, two videos coming out, one on this Monday, one on the Friday, just to make sure you've got everything you need accountability-wise for uh, Christmas. I will be popping around for a couple of posts into the community group on Christmas week because I'm a very lonely person, uh, just to make sure you've got everything you need. Um, I won't be doing coaching calls or anything over those two weeks, but we will be back in with calls over from the new year from the 1st of January. Team, I hope that all makes sense. Does anybody have any questions on that? at this particular point right now 
what I am going to do is stop the recording because I don't think we need to put the questions in there. They'll all come out anyway. But team, thank you all very much for your attention.